Yeah. Oh, it's a page passes, but always. Oh, so the top one's actually really interesting. Cool. All right, we're good. We are live. Huh? Yeah. Transformers. So this is a list my dad helped me build for like eighty stuff. This one in front of me is actually really good. So there's actually <laughs> Thank you for having me back on. No problem. Thank you for being a guest on our show. Yeah. Uh, did he tell you or did you listen to our um, our conversation? Yeah, I just got off work. He just told me recently. <laughs> oh, okay. That's fine. Yeah, I just playing catch up. You know, I didn't know how much you had to catch up. <laughs> yeah. So he mentioned that you were a big fan of the Hannibal Lecter movies and series. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Awesome. What did you think about Mads Mikkelsen's approach to the character? I think he did a great job, actually. I think, I mean, I think he played Hannibal very well. I think it was perfect casting. Um, but again, as I was talking um, earlier, is that the the way they had Hannibal was. Like the what they did in the series is a prequel, mind you, to Red Dragon. Yeah. Totally screwed up the timeline of like shit because they added stuff that didn't happen until Hannibal, and they took out Clarice, and then they like get this weird fan girl like fan fiction bullshit that kind of like was just like it was well done. Don't get me wrong, it was very well done and executed, but like the storyline was just like what are you doing? Like, what is going on here? The timeline got really screwed up and I noticed that about a quarter into season two, I was like, this is getting really weird. <laughs> yes. It got, it's, like, it's getting weird, Rick. <laughs> I had to applaud the writers just, for having... Just go with it, Wardy. Just go with it. <laughs> I, Basically, is what the writers had to do. Having a solid beginning, middle, and end. I mean, it honestly felt like just a really long story. Yeah. Feel the show. Yeah, and it, and I know there was like I think talks of like a season four, like the, I've I watched all the seasons or whatever. Like they were talks of follow on seasons on some like forums and stuff or whatever. And I think. It's not going to happen is like, so from a standpoint of like not knowing the show, like not showing it, but not knowing the series, right? Just watching it as like a, just a standalone show. Yeah. Fantastic. Make another season. But yeah. on a, the, the, on the standpoint of following and like falling in line with the Hannibal Lecter series, I almost don't want to even claim it that like a part of the universe, like because it wasn't written by Thomas Harris and everything got fucked up. And so I just want to say this is like a work of almost like fan art or like, like, like a real, like a Reddit post on crack. Like, I, I like it almost doing like, it as bad. a reimagining. Like, yes, that was part of the universe, but it was just kind of based on Hannibal. Loosely, almost loosely. I mean, I think they got Will Graham down 
very well. Like, if you read, have you read or seen Red Dragon? I have read Red Dragon in high school about a, a two times. I think I had to one out mm. one once was personal because I just wanted to, mm-hmm. and then the second time was forced on me because high school. But so, yes, so I'm so happy. I've read the book twice as well, both for my own just enjoyment. But um, I think we can both agree that, like, I think the I forgot the guy, the actor's name, but Will Graham really, I think he did a wonderful job, like, really amplifying like the neuroses and like the things. But I think at the same time, they took. A character that was like pretty well mannered and just was like got into the mind of the criminal and then they just like put that shit on speed like they just like gave it like a, a line of coke and just like took it to the extreme but they i think in the beginning it was the perfect balance of how thomas harris imagined will graham and then the writers were like let's amp this up for for views it's it- in some ways, I hate them for doing that, but in other ways, I love them for doing that because the it, it, the storyline of Hannibal constantly screwing with Will's brain and turning him into this animal was so fascinating that I just didn't care. Uh, same, same. And he really did, like, turn into, like, another person. And it, like... Again, it was a work of, like, fan fiction in a sense of, like, what would happen if, like, because it was implied, you know, in the book that they had been, like, he was investigating him and that he had some, like, kind of therapy type sessions. It was implied, right? But, like, what they did, they took that, like, loose implication and then made a whole series on it and then added a bunch of other shit from, like, the other movies and books. But what I'm saying is, is, like, I never would have thought by reading Red Dragon that, like, Will would have done what he would have done in Hannibal. Like, to me, I think that was, like, out of line of, like, the character, like, archetype and, like, things like that. Like, it just went, like, way off the rails. But at the same time, it was very entertaining. So I'm on your side as well. Like, I'm not I'm not on anyone's side. I'm just, like, I'm just, I'm, I just... It just really, it was, it was terrible and good at the same time (laughs) from two different perspectives, like however you look at it. Uh, A friend of mine uh, had the most brilliant explanation to Hannibal because she, she was also a fan of, uh, of the original movies and books. So she kind of, um, she kind of got a different view of it. She ended up saying that it was just a love letter to the Hannibal books and movies that it wasn't necessarily part of their universe, but it was, it was showing its love and homage to it. I think that's like perfect. And I had read an article of the guy who created the Hannibal uh, like TV show. And that's basically what he said. He literally like was like, I'm just like a huge fanboy that has money. Like, like that's literally what happened with the series. <laughs> It it was like, but it was so well done. Like the the um the acting and um the like production value of it was just so good, and it was definitely very. Again, if you take it, if you take it outside of knowing nothing about the Hannibal series, it was a fantastic show. Like it was fantastic. 
But if you try and in any shred compare it to what Thomas Harris created in the original characters, it was whack. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I feel like at this point, Thomas Harris is just so old and just like over it. He's like, I don't give a fuck what you do anymore. Just leave me out of it. Like, I'm done. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And I was telling earlier about, did you know why they write, like, why he wrote Hannibal Rising? Um, no, I actually didn't know the story behind that. So what happened was like, okay, first, again, he wrote the series, right? So he wrote the original three books, Red Dragon in 1982, Silence of the Lambs in 1988, and then Hannibal in 1999. So there was like about, what, an 11-year gap between the between Silence of the Lambs and Hannibal. Well, in the early 2000s, um, like 2001, 2000, like all of those, like late 90s, early 2000s, right? The movies came out. And of course, in 1992 or 91, I think it was 91, 92 is when Silence of the Lambs came out. And of course, that was a huge Oscar hit. And it was obviously the best of all the movies, let's be honest. It was fucking a work of art and should be like held at a pedestal. Like, Absolutely. mwah, right? But everybody fucking loved it and they're like oh well this is this is gonna be money and this is like money in the bank basically because all we got to do is follow these books who basically did all the hard work for us and it's just a cash cow right and that's exactly what they did and of course it became a huge phenomenon bringing anthony hopkins back into the other two movies that was really the driving force right because everyone loved his version of hannibal well it became super super popular right and it got to the point where people were like hey i want an origin story of hannibal like where did he come from why is hannibal because everyone loves it because of the intrigue and like what's you know why is why could someone do something like that like what caused him to be the guy he is now and they went to like they basically went to Thomas Harris. It's like, hey, like you should write a book. <laughs> wink, wink. And he's like, fuck no, I'm done with this shit. And he was like, either you do it or we will. And he was like, oh, hell no. Nah. And then he wrote the book. <laughs> That's <a> joke. <laughs> I, I have to say this though. When you read the books, Anthony Hopkins' portrayal, even though he is an amazing actor and his and his role as Hannibal was legendary. He was a little more manic than the Hannibal character that they write that is written about. That, yes, Thomas Harris um, and Anthony Hopkins' portrayal. Actually, he didn't read the books, by the way, but I still think he nailed it. It's pretty impressive for not reading the books and only reading the the, the screenplay, and then just like getting a character off of that shows his brilliance and how much better it could have been if he had read the books and really like soaked into the character. But anyways, um, I definitely think like the real Hannibal, like that's written, um, is you only see like snippets, like you see Mm -hmm. glimpses because the movie can only allow so much time. But I feel like if they did like a series, like a legit, like almost scene by scene, like HBO mini series or whatever the fuck, right? 
like basically a Game of Thrones versions of the from Red Dragon through Hannibal Rising, like all of that shit that they did that. And let's say like someone as good as Anthony Hopkins, if not Anthony Hopkins would play Hannibal. I think we would really, and they really followed the book. I think that um, what I'm saying, if you like accordion this out, I think Anthony Hopkins could have um, really done done um, the complete character better, like more of a rounded version of Hannibal. But I do agree with you. He was a little more manic, but it was still in character, which is so wild to me. Um, yeah. It, but Hannibal in the book is a little bit more quiet. I, I don't know how to explain it, but like more methodical, I guess you can say. And one thing that I don't want to say pissed me off, but is a minor detail that you can't really get pissed off, but like a little bit is in the the jacket or like the poster for Hannibal he has maroon eyes right mm-hmm. right that's literally straight out of the book and the fact that they didn't give him maroon eyes for him to play Hannibal kind of was just like what are we doing like that's a simple fix but in 1992 did they have red contacts I don't know they did it's just it, it was probably that uh the actor didn't want to wear it maybe <laughs> it, it could have been that or they didn't think like no one's going to nerd out that hard that they're going to notice that his eyes were not the same color and that his hair was not as dark as it should have been so red dragon is actually the second rendition of the red dragon book um there was one i forgot the name of it and as a fan i should know this but i watched the movie um of the first it was it came out i think in 84 with completely different everybody and they did Red Dragon and they actually did it more closely to the book than the Red Dragon that everybody knows and loves and I'm just hating myself right now that I can't remember the name of the movie but the guy who played Hannibal I think did a I only found it because I was on a Hannibal forum and I was like what there's another movie that portrays Red Dragon but it's not called Red Dragon I gotta watch this and again I did um, I think he did a better representation of Hannibal, but of course, uh, Anthony Hopkins is what made the Hannibal series really come to light the way that it did. No, I haven't seen that movie. All I've seen is the the Hannibal movies in terms of Anthony Hopkins portrayal and uh, and the Hannibal series with Matt Mikkelsen. Yes, I'm um, about to time out. I'm assuming you want me to come back on and talk about Hannibal. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like. Oh, hundred oh, percent. I was like, wait a second. Let me go into my prime because I did purchase the movie at some point. So I want to like let everyone know like the yeah. first of the actual like Hannibal series. Mm-hmm. But um, I felt like that's why the Hannibal series pissed me off so much because Mads Mikkelsen seemed like the perfect Hannibal, his portrayal. That's it's what bugged me, because <laughs> everything else was perfect, and then their timeline just got so fucky. Possible was happening, and so what I noticed, one thing that I kept screaming in like my mind at the screen was, I'm like, where the fuck is Clarice? And so I did some digging, and um, 
freaking what happened was somehow in the chain of like buying the rights to the movie people didn't want to i guess they were cheap or i don't know some whack shit i've never heard of is what they did is they bought characters but they didn't buy the whole story what dead ass look it up fact check me like like for real yeah and so that's why hannibal like they were if i think the creator of the hannibal tv series if he was able to buy all of the characters or the rights or whatever the fuck it is he would have completely since he's such a big fan like myself he would have recreated in modern day which is another key thing i want to hit on too but mm-hmm. he would have probably recreated red dragon to hannibal rising like but you know what i'm saying like the hannibal rising actually came first in the timeline but it was written last but whatever um you see what i'm saying but because he was limited by copyright and like certain companies or like owned certain characters, they were limited in what they could do with the story. But he was still a fan and he was still determined to like make his weird, twisted version of dream fanboy thing come true. Yep. I have um, a lot of <laughs> Yes, I'll I'll give him a like a good pat on the back for that like he went down swinging so again the production value the cast like everything was on point but the freaking like the freaking timeline so if i could make a prequel to red dragon it would 100 not have done that but two what I would have done is really go deep into, so in Silence of the Lambs, it talks about how Hannibal was seeing. So actually a little thing, did you read Silence of the Lambs, like the book? Um, no, I don't think I have. I watched okay. the movie though. <laughs> okay, so the movie, did it, it, I did it like 90% justice, okay? The timeline is a little mm-hmm. skewed. Um, and some things are a little twisted, but they still represented the book like, almost to the T, but for time reasons, they changed some minor details. So that's the reason why I'm like, it's not same, same, but I'm not even mad about it. So it's okay. But what had happened was um, what I would have done is taken Hannibal like back, not all the way back to like, I would have taken him to some point where he was already an established practice. And I probably would have taken it back to when he was with Benjamin Rathbone. So as we all like, I don't know if you've realized of what happened, but they got it wrong in the movie of Silence of the Lambs. So the head that they find in the like weird funeral, like like the hearse or whatever, wasn't yeah. Benjamin Rathbone. It was this guy named Klaus that Benjamin. So Benjamin Rathbone like was killed by um, Hannibal, like that he was killed by Hannibal because he played the flute and the orchestra and he thought that he thought that he was off and he just like killed him because he was a bad musician because it was bothering him like kind of like pretty psychopath in my book right but at the same time it mentions in Silence of the Lambs that his his therapy was going nowhere which was true so that aspect was true now here's the thing Mm -hmm. um so that's like that's like a side note so but uh, Buffalo Bill and Klaus were lovers and I forgot where Benjamin like there was like a weird like gay love triangle thing uh, going on um, oh. I think he started so Klaus I think started going with Benjamin Raspell 
and then Buffalo Bill got mad and killed Klaus and put his head in the jar, which were police found it in the hearse. Right? Mm. Yes, right? Wild. But they don't freaking explain any of that. So when I was like watching the movie on repeat, I'm like, I want to know more. And so when I read the book, I was like, they got that shit fucked up. But you know what? It makes sense for the movie and it's not completely inaccurate. So I'll, I'll allow it. And also when Clarice gets into the, um, the hearse, she like looks at that like weird, it looks kind of like a uh, scrapbook. You know what I'm talking about? Mm. She turns yeah. the pages. So they cut out a part of a scene, which is makes sense, but they didn't, they kept it, but they didn't completely 100% keep it. So in the cell with Hannibal Lecter and like the famous scene of like, I had his, like, like I had like, um, his liver in a nice Chianti, you know, like fava beans in a nice Chianti with like the census taker or whatever, right? Um, and yeah. that scene, like at the very end when he was like, go now like he's all freaking out i love the dramatic of that scene it was so well done right but in that scene in the book he talks about he actually tells them like they are already tracking on everything it's not a fucking mystery like they know he killed benjamin raspell and like it's like and so what actually leads Corey's to the garage is they do a background check on Benjamin Raspell because when she was doing research on Hannibal, she looked up one of his kills, which was Benjamin Raspell, right? So it doesn't make sense that his head would be in the in the hearse and that would lead them to Buffalo Bill. Like it doesn't it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. It was actually Klaus's head. And that was the giveaway that like the next step for the clues to find Buffalo Bill. But anyways, in that scene, this again it's a little minor detail, but I'm still trying to help correct the timeline here. He was talking about, say again. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. Again, I am like, if anybody's watched Science of the Lambs who hasn't read the book, I'm like stopping the movie like every two minutes. Like, well, actually. And then I'm like, hopefully I'm not bothering. They're like, no, I love it. I'm like, okay, thank God. Because if you want me to shut up, I will. But um, he mentions, hey, go find my Valentine. And she and she's like, okay, this is weird. And like, but the thing she puts the puzzle piece together is because there was Valentine's between Klaus, Klaus and Buffalo Bill in the hearse that she finds. And they kept it in the movie, but they never explained what the fuck she was looking at. Mm-hmm. And Hannibal gave her that knowledge, but like subtly in his, you know, cryptic way. So not to get off topic, but it's sort of on the same topic as books, but, uh, have you have you ever attempted to read a Harry Potter book? I have not, but I've seen some of the movies. It's been like five years on, like, but I definitely so, know that shit gets whack, like, you know, off the rails of timelines and stuff. Is what people have said. Oh yeah, it it does, but I have no idea how she became a famous writer. She was literally homeless I, when she wrote it. <laughs> I read or tried to read. Um, I think it was the Philosopher's Stone, the first one in the series, in elementary school. And I thought maybe it was just that I was dumb at the time. Yeah, like, it's above your... The first thing I came out, I was like, maybe it's just above his reading level at the time, right? So I tried it later on in life. And I found it to be the same thing. She over-explains everything. There was three pages listing items in a room 
that were pointless to the scene. Jesus. No wonder they're like 400 pages each. <laughs> she know how to oh, shut yeah. the fuck up. Oh, yeah. I was, I was horrified reading it. I was like, how did people claim her to be this brilliant writer? What? I guess to each their own, it's an art form. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. <laughs> that's only like justification i'm not i'm not saying we're retarded but i'm just trying to get from a like their perspective of why they would think that yeah <laughs> that's i mean and that's one thing i love about thomas harris is he perfectly like he has the perfect amount of description for this scene right Absolutely. like it, it's so beautifully written and and mm -hmm. it, i i read it all through audible so i was listening to it like while i was like driving or whatever but one thing I liked about like listening to it is because they did different voices and they like the narrators yeah. were just phenomenal. And in Hannibal Rising, Thomas Harris actually reads the book and does the voices that he imagines. And it was just on point because he wrote it, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. I love when creators take point in their own work. There's actually a, a really interesting thing for comic book nerds out there uh, happening right now. The creator of Spawn, the comic book writer Todd McFarlane is both writing and directing a Spawn movie as we speak. But, but I, I'm not even like in that whole universe. Like this is my universe. It's the only universe I have. Like people <laughs> do Marvel nerd shit. Like this is my nerd shit, but I'm not, I'm not demeaning it, but like, I love it. Like the concept that you're bringing up right now. I absolutely love, like, I think so Perks of Being a Wallflower book to movie. I read the book first and then I saw the movie and I was like, oh my God, this shit's on par. They cut some stuff out, but like time reasons, it's, it's, yeah, I'm going to this. This is okay. Right. Turns out the guy who wrote the book did the screenplay and, and directed the movie. Yep. <laughs> so it's just like, and, and so no one can be mad. Like, <laughs> No, and that's exactly how I do it. I'm in the process of like, I'm starting to like write a story and like, I'm like legit about it. And I've gone like, I'm a very detail oriented person. And I've had like, like being in the Marine Corps and stuff. Um, people a lot say you have a good attention to detail. And I was like, thank you. Like a lot of people said that. So I take, and I'm very logical, grounded in reality type of person, but I love fantasy at the same time.